Hello, and welcome back to episode three of the Indoor Rower podcast with me, your host, Tony Larkman. The first two episodes covered the general preparation phase and specific preparation phases of an annual training plan. In this episode, we will continue to develop our periodization plan and detail the next phase of training, the pre-competition phase or phase three in a five-phase cycle. To recap, the first phase of a periodization training annual plan is the transition phase, which occurs immediately after the last race of the season, which is usually the target race or goal of the season. The transition phase lasts four to eight weeks and is about rest, recuperation, rehabilitation and cross-training. To avoid losing too much fitness, the complete rest period should not exceed two weeks. You should also use the transition phase or phase one to address any injuries or medical concerns. After two weeks rest and recovery, start cross-training. The volume should be 50 to 70% of training volume during the rowing months. Intensity should be low and in the 60 to 70% of maximum heart rate zone, which is zone two in a five zone heart rate model or zone one in a three zone model. Rowers often know this as UT2. The next phase is the general preparation phase or phase two, which we discussed in episode one, which lasts between 16 and 20 weeks. Then we move into the specific preparation phase or phase three, which we covered in episode two. And this phase of training lasts 12 weeks. So that brings us nicely to the pre-competition phase of the training plan or phase four. The pre-competition phase lasts for eight weeks and this is the phase of training where the volume peaks and intensity starts to increase. Training starts to get a little bit more interesting with some median length anaerobic threshold workouts like two times 20 minutes with five minutes recovery, about 24 to 26 strokes per minute, or a 30 minute rate 20 workout covering as many meters as you can in 30 minutes. Other workouts I like are a 10 kilometer flat at 24 strokes per minute, or three times 10 minutes with quarter recovery period. So that's around two and a half minutes at 24 to 26 strokes per minute. And you're attempting to repeat each piece with the same meters covered. They're tough workouts, but they are not flat out. In the pre-comp phase, I would train two anaerobic threshold sessions per week. The remainder of the Rome workouts would be UT2 or zone two workouts in the 60 to 70% of maximum heart rate zone and I would do one VO2 max workout. The VO2 max workout is introduced for the first time in the plan so far. This VO2 max workout, also known as transportation or TR with the rowers, stands for the transportation. It's carried out between 90 and 100% of our maximum heart rate. It's usually averaged around 95%, which is what most of us tend to race a 2K at. Transportation, TR, VO2 max, is the same as a zone five in a five zone heart rate model or zone three in a three zone heart rate training model and is also known as the red zone. Transportation training is designed to increase the body's ability to transfer oxygen rich blood from the heart to the muscles. The training develops the efficiency of the heart to pump more oxygen to the row muscles and increase your VO2 max. So some classic TR workouts are four by four minutes or three by five minutes or five by three minutes and they all got equal recovery periods. Stroke rates for the transportation workouts are usually between 28 and 32 strokes per minute. So as stated before, 
this training type helps deliver more oxygen to the muscles. In time, the training adaptations allow us to deliver more oxygen, which means we are able to produce more energy inside the mitochondria of the muscle cells. So if you're as old as me, we'll do a little bit of O-level biology or for you younger people, the GCSE biology, just about the mitochondria very, very briefly. So the mitochondria, they're the batteries of the cells that provide energy to the working muscles. So we can develop these mitochondria in the cells by our training. So to clarify, the UT2 and AT zones of training. UT2, zone two, is zone two in a five zone heart rate training model, or it's zone one in a three zone heart rate training model, and it's 60 to 70% of maximum heart rate. We do UT training to maximize our oxygen dependent energy system. It's like building the engine of a car. This is also known as a green zone training area. The principal aim of UT2 is to improve the body's ability to use oxygen by increasing the number of capillaries, mitochondria, and myoglobin, which is an oxygen binding protein made from iron. The myoglobin provides oxygen to the muscles. So it's a protein made from iron. Therefore, we need good sources of iron rich foods. So, iron rich foods are very important when training with high volumes. So foods like red meat, eggs, shellfish, leafy greens, tofu, beans, turkey, spinach, they're all high in iron. However, you have to ensure you avoid tea and coffee when eating iron-rich foods. A cup of tea reduces iron absorption by about 75 to 80%. A cup of coffee reduces it by 60%. Other inhibitors are milk and dairy products, so they should be avoided, as our foods contain in tannins. So such as grapes, so not good news for wine drinkers when you're having your iron-rich foods, and corn. Also, foods containing phytates, such as brown rice and whole grains, should be avoided when you're having your iron-rich foods. So iron-rich foods, maybe have them with vegetables because eating iron-rich foods alongside foods high in vitamin C, such as yellow peppers, parsley, kale, spinach, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, they will all increase absorption. Now, anaerobic threshold or zone four in a five zone heart rate model or zone two in a three zone heart rate model is 80 to 90% intensity of maximum heart rate and is designed to improve the body's tolerance to lactic acid and increase lactate production and removal. So to clarify, there is a difference between lactic acid and lactate. And I try and make this as clear as I can Lactate is produced by the body in response to aerobic exercise and it serves as a fuel for the muscles. It helps to delay fatigue. So lactate, it is lactic acid, but it's minus one proton. When lactic acid donates a proton, it becomes lactate. The byproduct is lactic acid, which the body converts back into energy. Basically, the liver converts it back to sugar and the heart converts it back into pyruvate. So remember that pyruvate. During the rowing threshold sessions, breathing rate increases to deliver the demand for more oxygen to the muscles. And as the workout is so intense, the body cannot use oxygen fast enough as a source of fuel. So the body switches to the anaerobic energy system and uses stored energy, which is broken down into a compound called pyruvate. The body turns pyruvate into lactate to fuel the muscles. As the muscles work harder, they become more acidic. Lactate swoops in to help protect the body from hurting itself and you feel that familiar burn in the muscles. When lactate production cannot continue, 
to the levels needed to prevent the complete failure of the muscles, you reach your anaerobic threshold. Now you can start to get an idea why we train the anaerobic threshold. So lactate is essential to bolster your muscle cells when exercising at high levels. Anaerobic threshold workouts, they're very effective. They help develop your lactate threshold and it enables you to push higher levels of performance. Basically, you become more efficient in utilizing lactate. And just as a side note, roughly 75% of your lactate production is used as an energy source with the remainder leaking into the blood. So when you see sports scientists and they've got their needles out and they're trying to get blood from the earlobes of rowers on row machines, ergometers, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the lactate out of the blood. That's the remainder that's leaked into the blood to measure how much lactate's in the blood. And from that, they can determine how fit these people are. Anyway, tips for preventing lactic acid include a long warm up. So start gently. And when you're doing a warm up, maybe start with some backseat paddling, move to bodies, and then quarter slide, half slide, three quarter slide, full slide, legs only, then into full strokes, and just build up slowly. That helps to get the body ready and helps to prevent the buildup of lactic acid. Also, drinking lots of water helps to get rid of excess acid. And you can do other things to help improve your recovery. So eating lots of fruit and vegetables and whole grains and lean meats and ensuring you get plenty of sleep, all that aids your recovery, which means that the next day when you wake up, you're recovered, ready to do your next session, and therefore you won't reach your anaerobic threshold quite as quickly and you'll be able to train for longer, harder and better. So this all aids recovery and ensures you're fully ready for the next workout. So that's the rowing training for our pre-competition phase. Just to recap, highest volumes of the year. So it's not the general prep or the Pacific prep that has the highest volumes. It's this pre-competition. This is where we're really building the volume up and we're introducing the transportation or VO2 max zone five red zone training once a week. And we're going to add in another anaerobic threshold to complement the one we had in the last phase of training, which is 80 to 90% of maximum heart rate. But what about the weights? Where does this leave the weights? So during the eight weeks of pre-competition training, we've got to continue to lift. We're still 16 weeks away from our main goal. If we stop lifting, we are going to lose strength and it's going to inhibit our performance. So we're going to recap what we did in our weights in the general preparation phase, phase two. We did two to three sessions a week, ideally three. We did eight to 15 reps and we're doing around three sets. In our specific preparation phase, phase three of training, we kept it ideally at around three sessions a week, but we moved to three to six reps and three to six sets. So the weights are getting heavier and the reps are getting less and the sets are going up. So we're really working on strength. So that first phase of training after the transition phase is working on building the muscle, getting the body ready. And then the second phase or phase three of training is building up that strength to really help us in the rowing stroke. The pre-comp phase or phase four, how does it change? Well, it's split into two sections. The first four weeks, nice and easy, exactly the same as the previous phase. Three to six reps, three to six sets, two to three sessions a week, ideally three again. But the last four weeks in the pre-competition phase, we're going to introduce a power phase into it. So we're looking at developing rowing specific power. And we can do that in the weights room and we can also do it on the rower or on the water. So on the water, you can kind of do it 
in a boat. And I'll, I'll just go over that in a second. But we look to use maybe one or two of these strength sessions, these power phase sessions a week to continue. So you'll do one or two strength, one or two of these power phase trainings. When we move into the competition, we're going to come to plyometric training as well. So we're really up in the ante with the power. And we will start to bring in plyometrics as well in the second four weeks in the last phase of the pre-competition training. So the final four weeks in the eight-week pre-competition phase, we're going to do one maximum strength session a week, say, one power phase training. And then towards the end, I'd say the last two weeks, we're going to start introducing some plyometric training as well. So that's things like jumping on a plyo box, jumping off a plyo box, which is called depth jumps, doing some two-arm long jumps explosive push-ups, that kind of thing, which is going to go alongside. So if we look at weeks four to six, we're doing two strength sessions and one power strokes. And then when we look at the last two weeks of the pre-competition, we're going to drop one of the maximum strength sessions, keep the power strokes. So we do one maximum strength, one power strokes, and we're going to introduce one plyometric session into the program. Let's just go back to the power strokes on the rower. They're done at a low rate. So 10 strokes, maximum power at about 10 strokes per minute on a high drag factor, 180 to 200, depending on your size, you're a lightweight, heavyweight, a male or female. I did six of these. So six 10 strokes at 10 strokes per minute, as hard as I can, trying to get that split as low as possible. Then I have about 60 to 90 seconds rest and then I repeat and I do it six times. If you're on the water, you can do this with a bungee on a single. You go bungee over end on the stern and bow of the single. With crew boats, you usually do it with half the crew resting, half the crew rowing to add to the drag. But just to reiterate, keep the one strength session in a week as we move into the final two weeks of the pre-competition. Very, very important. So we're going to now looking at developing the rowing Pacific power in the weights room and on the rower. We're going to keep the basic lifts like the squats and the deadlifts in the program during the pre-competition phase. We're going to do that twice a week and then move into once a week in the final four weeks where we bring in a plyometric session to complement the power strokes. So session one would be strength. Session two would be power phase. Session three would be strength. And then in the second four weeks, session one would be strength. Session two would be power phase. And session three would be the plyometrics. And when I say power phase, I'm talking about power strokes. So less time is now spent lifting and more time is spent preparing our bodies for racing using the ergometer. The eight weeks of pre-competition training, after that we move into the competition phase, which is the final phase in our periodization plan. So let's recap our pre-competition phase. Volume is at its highest throughout the year. We do two anaerobic threshold workouts per week, one VO2 max workout per week. We do three strength training workouts. And then in those three strength training workouts, in the first four weeks, we're doing two strength training workouts or one strength training workout and one power strokes or two strength training workouts and one and two power strokes. As long as we're doing three sessions a week, which is the aim, or if you can only manage two, two. And then when we move into our final four weeks, we bring in a plyometric. So we would do one strength training, one power strokes, one plyometrics for our final four weeks of the pre-competition phase. So I hope I haven't complicated things too much for you on the weight side of it. I hope it helps you to prepare yourselves for this training cycle of the periodization plan. And this plan enables you to see the improvements that are ongoing. You're getting fitter and stronger. And now you're trying to almost 
enjoy the fruits of your work, you know, all that mileage you've put in and strength, this is where we're starting to tune the engine. If you look at the three different types of training, you've got the aerobic, the anaerobic threshold and the VO2 max training. And you think about the amount of training you have to do in each one and why we do it like we do. To enable us to get fully prepared for the kind of aerobic side of it, the UT2 training, the zone two training, the size of the training pool, if you're having to fill up with water, is an Olympic swimming pool. And that's how much training you have to utilize that system. If you're looking at the anaerobic threshold, that's about the size of a bathtub. So you don't have to do as much training to fill it up. And then if you're looking at the VO2 max side of it, the transportation, that's about the size of a sink. So again, you don't have to do as much training to fully utilize what you have available to use in racing. So that's why we spend so much time doing utilization. And it's the same with the strength as well. You know, the swimming pool is kind of your hypertrophy and then the strength is your bathtub and then kind of the, the power work is your sink. So remember, if you're racing at the World Indoors in February 2023, you're going to need to start your pre-comp training in November. If you're racing on the water and your goal is the World Masters in September this year, you should be in pre-comp training now, June and July. If you're racing at Women's Henley or Henley Royal Regatta, you don't need me to tell you that you're deep into competition phase now. I think it's coming up at the end of this month. So we've got Women's Henley and then Henley Royal Regatta two weeks after that. So good luck to all those racing at the Henleys. Keep training. Thank you for taking the time to listen and please leave a rating on the platform you are listening to. Take care. Bye for now. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you.